Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This is the Rise of the Young Podcast, bringing you insights from the most innovative entrepreneurs and influencers of this era. Hosted by 17-year-old entrepreneur, author, public speaker, and branding expert, Casey Adams. Now, let's get right into the show. All right, what's going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome to the Rise of the Young Podcast. Today, episode 36, we got the man Boogus in the house. I'm super pumped up to get him on. Uh, I've actually been following him and Russ for a while now, but um, first off, everyone, if you don't know who Boogus is, him and Russ... Um, they actually started Diamond, which is their record label, when they were about 17 years old. And based on the research I did, they said it stands for Do It Every Day Music or Nothing. But yep. Boogus, thanks so much for coming in, man. Yo, thank you for having me, bro. I'm excited. For so- sure, man. <clears throat> yes, yeah, so the first thing I kind of like to go, like kind of before we jump in depth, man, for the people that might not know who you are, or what you've been doing, man, I'd love for you to kind of give your intro like, so you can let people know who you are, man. No doubt, bro. My name is Boogus. I'm an artist. Um Nigerian. I'm a Nigerian kid. I was born in L.A., grew up in Atlanta for like the last uh, 20 years. Um, I've been doing music since I was probably 15. But then at, then at 17, six, 16, 17, I got really, really serious with it. And I got my own studio and stuff. So um, for the last seven, eight years, I've just been recording, making music, putting it out, just building the following, uh, basically just sharpening my sword as an artist, just developing as an artist, building a brand. Um, just learning as much as I can about the music business, like reading books about it, um, like watching interviews from anybody who's successful in the business and just basically preparing myself and just getting the most amount of knowledge I could. So I could, uh, you know, have like as minimal errors in my career as possible, because you see how like a lot of people, they have like one fatal slip and it's like done. For sure. For sure, man. Dope, bro. So when it comes to, um, I know that you said you born in LA, you moved to Atlanta. So when it comes to like your childhood, like you said, um, so you've been doing music for a while, but like what was like, like you said, when you were 17, that's when you started getting serious about it. I know that you and Russ started Diamond, but what was that like transitioning period of like just from writing down music to actually like deep, deep diving into it? Like what was that whole transition period like? That was like, I would say that was probably like a year. Uh, that period is probably like a year long, maybe a year and a half. It was like my my junior year in high school. I um first semester junior year, I uh was already going over to Russ's house because the way we started off was like Russ was already 
producing and stuff. One day he just walked into class and showed me his head. He put, he put some headphones in my ear. No, no, actually, no. Some other kid named Alex put headphones in my ear and was like, yo, Russ made this beat. And I was like, Russ, Russ, like RS, like Russ, we know. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. So, so the next period, me and Russ had a class together. I was, I was like, yo, are you fucking serious? Those, this whole time you've been, you've been making beats. You didn't tell me blah, blah, blah. I, I, he didn't even know I rapped or anything yet. No one knew I rapped. I didn't tell anybody, but I was just like writing shit. So after school, Russ was like, yeah, come to my house, blah, blah, blah. So at the time, there's this kid named, there's this kid we, in our high school who was a rapper. So I brought him over to Russ's house with me because I wasn't really like recording songs yet. I was just writing. And then, um, so I get to, we get to Russ's house and I just see like he had a nice basement with like a lot, uh, an iMac and very minimal gear. All we had was an iMac, a, a guitar amp was the speaker, fucking a camera tripod was the mic stand. We had this like $15 ghetto microphone from walmart and uh we used like a hang russ had like a hanger and pantyhose over the uh, microphone hey. like it was just the most makeshift ghetto studio in the world but, but it got the job done and like uh i was at his house for like a year six months eight like maybe like eight nine months like like two semesters worth of school um recording there and then after i after i got like serious and super confident with it and i was just like okay yeah i've made a few songs i really want i've gone to a couple other studios paid for studio time like i really really want to do this so then my senior year at the end of the first semester for christmas i just got like a laptop and i got an imac and uh um microphone and speakers and that's literally all you uh that's all we really needed to record shit that's dope so, uh, yeah that, that that was basically what it was but like that period is like a, a it was like a year long in between like when I started and then when I figured out I really, really want to do this, it was just a year of going to from Russ's house, working on songs. We, we, I was in a group at the time with uh, Russ was producing for a group. All the kids who rapped at our school, we were a group called TSG. Yeah. And I wasn't even rapping yet. I, I was just giving people my verses and shit. I was like literally because I, I, I don't know if I didn't have the confidence. I don't know what it was, but I was just kind of like, here, you're a rapper. You can do it. I have, yeah. I have raps, but here, you rap them. Okay. So I, was of, I was giving like this dude who rapped at our school the raps and shit. But then after a while, he just wasn't that serious with it. So I was like, yeah, I want to do it. And then uh, so I would go over to Russ's house by myself after school. And then we'd work on songs and shit and download beats off the Internet. Like just the most struggle yeah. ever. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Cause I know, like, that's that's insane, man. So when it comes to like you and Russ, like when did y'all officially meet? Because I know that you said like in high school, you guys had some classes. But like, does it go far back? And then, like, how did that whole journey start? Yeah, it goes further than uh, further back in high school, I met Russ on the first day of eighth grade. Like, uh, I, I went to, um, I went to Crabble Middle School, this middle school in, um, Georgia out here. I went to middle, uh, sixth grade, I was at this middle school. Seventh grade, I got kicked out, so I got sent to this military school. And then I come back for eighth grade. And when I come back for eighth grade, like, you know, you, you recognize all your friends. Like, all your, this, this, this is before fucking internet and all that yeah. shit. Like, all my friends are just ecstatic to see me back. Eighth grade, I missed all seventh grade. So I walk into homeroom. Everybody's like, yo, everybody's like happy as hell to see me and shit. I'm happy to see everybody. And then like, in, in, I, I pretty much knew everyone outside, like a couple people, like a girl or two I didn't know or whatever. But then in walks this new kid and it's Russ. I'm like, yo, who is that? No one knows. So I, I just go up to him and start messing with him. And like, we just start, we hit it off instantly. Like I just start fucking joining on Russ and shit. And he just starts joining back. And, uh, so we met in eighth grade and, um, so we played on the same basketball team, like eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. We played at the same high school basketball team. And it wasn't like I knew him for three, four years before we ever got into the studio. We were like friends before okay. we got into the studio. 
So when we got into the studio, there was just this already organic, natural chemistry because we talk shit to each other 24-7 anyway. So it's like, it's easy to tell your friend, like, yo, that shit's whack. Do it again. You know what I mean? But, like, when you're working with somebody who you don't really know, it's like you're afraid to say the truth because you don't want to offend them and sure. you don't know what it could lead to. Okay, but, let's go. But basically, I met him in eighth, we, we met in eighth grade and we were cool for, like, three or four years before we ever got into the studio. That's dope. See, that's that's crazy, man. So, like, before y'all even started rapping, y'all were just homies, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's and dope, friends and teammates, too. We yeah. Played- the same basketball team for like two, three seasons. Okay. Okay. That's dope. So my next question, man. So when it comes to like you guys, I know how you said you guys had like the studio, y'all like y'all had the ghetto studio from the upfront, but then you guys started progressing, getting better equipment and stuff. Like what do you think was like the major, like, fuck it, let's do it. Like real hard. And like, let's actually pursue it. What was that transition for you and him? Like, was it just you and him when it comes to starting the record label diamond or like, what was that whole, like, all right, like let's actually do this. What was that like whole pivoting point? Like, well, it, well, the reason why we started Diamond was because one, we we were like, we need to have like our own website. We we need to have like, th- like the intent at first wasn't to like start a whole record label or anything. Yeah. It was just more so like we need to have our own website. We need to have our own kind of like brand, our own brand. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we need our own thing. So we're just chilling in the basement one day, and it just kind of hit me. I was like, holy shit, do it every day, music or nothing. That's like a we could like create something out of that. And then we came up with Diamond. Then I went online, looked for like the fucking What's that shit called? Uh, I went to GoDaddy or some shit. Fat Cow. I can't remember where it was. Yeah. I, looked, I looked for the domain name. Some guy had it. I bought it off of him and okay. then uh, created a website. And we basically just wanted to have our own digital headquarters, our own place where if blogs didn't want to post us, we'd still get posted somewhere. So yeah. yeah we, sure. we wanted to have our own spot. So um, and, and basically have our own umbrella where we could like operate out of, have our own logo, have our own whole brand and image. So that was really what it spawned out of. And then, um, yeah, it, it kind of grew. I mean, it, it, it definitely grew, but it, at first it wasn't like, yo, let's start a record label. It was just yeah. more so like, we have a need. Let's fill this need. Okay. Like to kind of like associate the entire music, what you guys are building. Like that was like kind of the brand from the upfront of like, we need to like kind of associate ourselves with something. Exactly. We, we, okay. we need something. We need a glue. We need like something to stick to this. We, we need a logo to put on our shit. We need yeah. like, like, cause I, I don't know. I've always just studied successful people, like from Diddy to Birdman to like, yeah. all these guys have logos. All, all these guys have their own companies outside of like the major labels they work with. They all have like, like the Rockefeller logo is like yeah. a legendary logo, the bad boy logo, the cash money logo, the young money logo, like the no limit tank. Yeah. You know, yeah all, sure. all these different logos and brands. We knew we needed something. We can't just be rappers with like no yeah. brand savvy whatsoever. For sure, no, that's, that's definitely smart. So was this like before social media or like what, what time period was this? Was this, uh, this was right when this, like Facebook was already hot, like all through high school. Like I had a yeah. Facebook ninth grade, but, and I, I got a Twitter like senior year, but this was Instagram wasn't popping yet. And I, I don't even think Instagram was out in 2011. And okay. cause we started, we started Diamond officially in 2011. Like that's when we got it registered with the state of Georgia. That's when we got like our LLC, all that shit. Okay. So I was, we were still using Facebook and Twitter. Instagram okay. hadn't popped off yet. Yeah. Okay. So like, so when you guys started the record label, like you got it going, like what was like, did you guys currently have fans putting out music and getting like tons of listens or like when y'all first started Diamond, like what was your music like? Like, did you already have tons and tons of listeners or what was that position? Nah, bro. We had no listeners. We had, we, we, <laughs> we had to literally create our own audience. Like, okay. uh, even, even before we had Diamond, like, like I was saying before, we had a we were in a group. I was in a group called TSG, yeah. 
and Russ was producing for for the group because we were making all the shit at his house. And Russ like printed out a bunch of shirts for TSG one day and came to school with them and just passed them all out in the parking lot. Yeah. And then and then after that, like when I got my own studio, um, we would, I basically would make a project and then I would print up 500 CDs and then I would call then I would call kids from local high schools like off of Facebook because. Putting out songs, I would get a couple of kids from like a local, high, from like surrounding high schools outside of our high school. So I would just be like, okay, you fuck with my music, dope. I would call that kid and I'll be like, yo, I want to give you 25 CDs. Okay. Come, come, give me your address or come to my house and I'll give them to you. And basically, okay. we had local high schools, like a high school called Centennial, high school called Lassiter, Milton, all these different high schools in the area. Like I would basically get a foot soldier at each high school <laughs> and just be like, yo, since you fuck with my music, can I trust you with 40 CDs? Only give it to kids who want it. Don't pass my shit out like it's a condom. Like, pass it out yeah. to people who want this shit. Like, other kids who you know like rap. Don't okay. don't just, like, give it out. Just give it to kids who you know would appreciate it. Okay. And that kind of, like, yeah, that kind of helped build a... That, we built our own... Like, we, we, we actually still have footage of this, like, driving around, pulling up at different kids' house and just, like, opening the pop... We have all this on camera, like, popping the trunk and having a big box of 500 CDs and just being like, here's 20 for you, you go to Pope. Then we drive over to like a different city, hand it to this kid. And that, yeah. that just kind of helped us build a local buzz. And then, um, and then like the further step from that, when we graduated high school, everybody who went to our high school, not everybody, but a lot of kids went to college. And, and, and a lot of kids went to college out of state. For so sure. I took like 30 of my closest friends in my graduating class and when they got to college, I was just like, yo, not even 30, like 50. I still have all the stubs from UPS. It's so crazy. I kept all the, it's like seven year old UPS stubs. Yeah. Um, I was, I was like, yo, just, um, give me, send me your address. So we had kids at UGA, Georgia Southern, Michigan State, UCLA, USC, NYU, University of Florida, Georgia Tech, like just kids went all over the country. So I got, yes. whether it's girls or guys, I'd be like, yo, if you fuck with my music and, and you're willing to, Send me your shipping address, you a bunch of copies, and help me spread it out on your campus. So basically, I, yeah. So basically, I, basically, I sent like five hundred to a thousand CDs again. Like once I got to college, saw my friends who went to college in different colleges. So basically, we built like our first initial audience before it cracked on the internet, and we found the people yeah. in the internet world was all just like, we, 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 yeah. We we built a we, we built a small fan base out of who was around us. Okay, and so when you were handing out CDs, like it's all the word of mouth, you're sending it to people you know to send that to other people. Like, was there any like tracking who was listening, or was it just like y'all sending out CDs and you, like everyone just listening on the CDs? Like, like you said before the internet was it just y'all were just hustling, sending out all the CDs, and that was when you guys kept producing and staying consistent with everything. Yeah, yeah, there was no way to track it, but I knew it was working because every now and then I would get like ten mentions on on Twitter, and it'll be like, hey. you know. I'm in Michigan State, got your CD from my roommate. Or it'll be like, yo, I'm at Ole Miss, got your CD from my roommate. And I'd be like, okay, I, I know it's working because I have random kids who I don't know at these colleges hitting me up. And yeah. they saw they got the CD at campus and shit like that. And I had a lot of friends who joined fraternities and sororities too. So I would literally be like, yo, spread this throughout your whole frat house. Uh, so it's just like you started getting some mentions on Twitter. People started hitting you up. You're like, damn, like I don't know these people. And that's when you guys started. Is that when you guys kind of transitioned to – like the internet scene of like with SoundCloud and like really producing on that or like when did that whole transformation really play into the effect? Well, the okay, so all the like the buzz that came from passing out CDs like by hand in the mail was all on Facebook. Okay, when from 2010 to like 2014, Facebook was like 
the main social media. Yeah, yeah. So um, all the buzz and shit came on Facebook. So I would see kids from different schools. I had like at one point I maximized the amount of followers you could have on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Friends or whatever friends because um, I had a, I just had a personal page. I didn't even have a music page yet, but I had like five thousand friends on Facebook at one point, and it got to been recognize anybody on my fucking timeline. Yeah. I was just like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. So th- but then. But then in like 2015, we, we started doing the whole SoundCloud thing and that's what really broke the camel's back. Like, sure. that was, that was the, cause we were just looking and trying different things, like putting out albums, shooting videos, just doing, putting out as much songs and content and high quality shit as we could. Yeah. And then, um, in 2015, we found like the shit that worked. Okay. I see. So with like, I know that you said like it was like Facebook from the upfront sending out all the CDs. And then when it came to like putting stuff out on SoundCloud or YouTube, like, when you first started with SoundCloud, you and like you and Russ, like, was it something that was there was already people that were like kind of blowing up on SoundCloud, or what was like the origin of SoundCloud when you guys hopped onto that platform? Um, it was the mindset was more so we're tired of putting out albums and then only the first song gets the most amount of plays and attention. Okay. Like, if you go on SoundCloud right now, you can go look at any artist who puts an album on SoundCloud. Yeah. The biggest song is always the first song or the song that was released singly. Okay. And, and if you notice on like, if you notice on like a, an album on SoundCloud, it'll have like, let's say 10 tracks. Yeah. And they'll all have the same artwork, but the only song that doesn't have the same artwork is the one that's dropped as a single. And okay. you, we saw the trend that on everyone's projects, ours included, the biggest song was the first one or the one in, introduced as a single. So yeah. we were like, you know what? We're just going to drop each song one by one and treat every song we make as the first song. Cause yeah. a lot of times we'd make a fucking dope ass song and it's song seven. It's deep. <laughs> Buried under six songs. Yeah. You know? Nobody okay. gets to it. So you have this amazing song with 800 plays and you're just devastated. Okay. I see. I see. So when it comes to like, so I know because I follow like Russ on SoundCloud and you as well. So I know that like the branding of it is like, whether well, that be a different color, a different logo. So y'all were just like, the strategy was just putting out each like single. And like, I know I watched the interview with Russ and Gary V. It was like 60 days straight or 90 days straight, just like a song a day sort of thing or like, what was, no, no, it, was uh, it, it, it was just putting out a song every week until it worked. That was the mindset. It was just like, we're just going to put out a song a week, every week until it worked because we learned about the internet. We like, cause being consumers yourself and being like in it yourself, you can learn how to be a producer. You know what I mean? Like, sure. if, like, be, be, I basically use myself as like the number one test dummy. Cause I'm such a hip hop fan and I'm such a fan of like pop culture and shit. I know, I know what's going on. So like I study my habits and my behaviors and I know that if, if I do something, there's probably at least a hundred thousand other kids out there who do it too. And, and we can, and that's enough. We don't need to have the whole world. For sure. So, um, okay. I see. So it's like, we, I learned, we learned like, um, mm. on the internet, like a, a week online is like a month in reality. Oh, yeah. Like so people see so much shit on a timeline in one week that we were like, bro, this is like a month in real time. Like so much, you see so many images, so much content, so many clips. It's like a month has elapsed, even though it's only been a week. So we were like, yeah, every week just drop a new song. There wasn't really any set like we're gonna do fifty or we're gonna do a hundred. It was just like we're gonna do it till it works. Okay, so it was just like fuck it, like, we're just gonna keep putting out music, right? Yeah, I mean, because we we already had the songs. Like it was it, back in the, like before before we did the one song at a time approach. We'd make a twenty song album in two three months. Okay, three months we'd make a in four months three months we'd make a twenty song album. But then we just drop it with no promotion, okay. no dollars, no marketing dollars, like because we didn't have any money. We didn't have any like way to like push it. We couldn't get it on World Star. We didn't know any bloggers. So the only real um, 
marketing and advertisement for the last song you put out is your next song. Yeah, for sure. And and where 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 we couldn't beat you with marketing and advertising, we could beat you with consistency. Okay, I see. Dope. No, that's that's crazy, man. So when it comes to when you guys started putting out like the once a week, like how many on average you'd say like when you started first doing that, when it comes to plays on each song, like what was there any songs that popped or was it just like y'all were just putting it out, not focusing on views at all? Or like how did that kind of come about? Well, yeah, for like for Russ's situation, like obviously what they want, losing control, pull the yeah. trigger, all those songs popped off way more than the other ones. Okay. But, I, but uh, like a lot of the other songs on his SoundCloud got a good amount of plays and did well, but obviously certain ones just took off way more. And um, same thing on my SoundCloud and like my Spotify and shit. It's like I put out I, 2017. I put out a song a week, yeah. and out of out of the 53 songs, they all got received well. And and how I gauge shit is like I like how people can be like, um, "Yo, my favorite song is this," and it's not the most played song. Because to me, it's like as long as you like my songs, any song, even even if it's a song I make and I don't love it as much as I love this song or that song, yeah. um, if it brings you to my concert or if it makes you a fan of my music, it's just job job done. Okay, but, sure. so, but for me, um, like I just know Free Bird, Give Things, Less and Less. Like I've had a, like in 2017, out of the 53 songs I put out, like five, six, seven of them are just way bigger than all the other ones. Those yeah. are like, so, sure. but, 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 but it's um, that's a natural thing. When when you literally uh put out that much, you're gonna have ones that stand up over the rest, and it doesn't mean the other ones are duds. It just means that these ones are fucking excellent. People really love them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's yeah. what's up, bro. So when it, when it comes to Diamond in general, like when you guys started getting more buzz, like was there a point for with you or Russ as a team that like you got you guys kind of like felt like different when it comes to like putting out music? When it comes to like, damn, like we actually got to take this more seriously, or like did you guys ever have like a transformation of like just stepping up in a different way, or was it always just like being the same thing, putting out the same music, and just like seeing how things would change over time? Um, we were taking it seriously from the time from the second we left high school, we were taking it seriously. Yeah. I remember I I chose to go to college in Georgia. I got into Purdue. I went up I went up to Purdue. Yeah, I got in. I got accepted by them. So I went up to Purdue to visit it. I could have gone to Purdue um, if I wanted, but I chose to go to Morehouse in Atlanta because I wasn't about to leave Atlanta. This is this is the rap capital of the world. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not I'm not about to go fucking be in and be in Indiana. It's like who's going to Indiana? I, I'm not going up to Indiana. But that's how serious I knew this was, and that that's how. That's how that's how much I believed in it. Like summer going into college, I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to Purdue. And many people like were like, yo, you're missing out on a big educational opportunity, blah, blah, blah. I still graduated from college and everything, okay. but I wasn't I wasn't about to go live in Indiana and go to Purdue when I could literally go to college, stay in Atlanta, stay at home, have the studio yeah, constantly for sure. instead of crammed up in a dorm room where I can't make noise. Okay. I'd much rather, you know. And and then Russ got in. Russ was in college in Valdosta, which is like southern Georgia. Yeah, we were taking it seriously since we left. From the second, I mean, even while we were in high school, we put out a lot of songs. Okay. Second semester in our, of senior year and senior year, we put out music. But like when college, when that summer before college comes around, like every you're about to experience it. Every senior, every high school is gonna re, is gonna experience it. Like there's that summer before college. And that's the summer where it's like you're free. You just you you just finished fucking high school, but you don't really have any obligations till college yet. So you just have this three months of like, yo, I could do whatever I want. I can get a job. I can sit on my ass. Your parents yeah. are not really that up your ass because they're <laughs> proud that you finished high school. So they're yeah. they're not really. So you have all this free time. 
So we knew at that point, like, yeah, bro, this is what we're doing. Like, I'm not going to college. I'm, I'm going to stay in state so we could do this. Russ was like, yeah, I'm going to stay in state. So Russ went to college like two, three hours outside of uh, where we grew up. So on not on not on weekends, but on breaks, like winter break, uh, president holiday, whatever, like any of those four day weekends, he would he would he would drive up. And okay. it kept the grind alive. Like we just and even while he was there, he was always sending me beats and I was always writing songs like we literally yeah. We literally be rapping songs to each other over the phone. Russ would send me this beat. He'd be like, you check out this beat, check out this hook. He'll sing the fucking hook and do the beat. And he'd be like, yeah, I'm about to send it to you. Blah, blah, blah. You know, write some shit to it. Yeah, so yeah. Even the whole time we were in college, first semester, like the whole first year of college too, before Russ dropped out, like we were still working, making music. He was making beats. I was writing. And then when we did get a chance to get together on holidays and breaks and, uh, you know, long weekends we just got in the studio like one, one time we had a long weekend and I have, I have a project called 18 yeah spotify and itunes and shit it's nine songs we did that because we got snowed in we had a the same way we got snowed in today we had a long weekend and we we got home on friday and we we're supposed to go back to school on monday night because we didn't have classes till tuesday but we ended up getting snowed in till like thursday or friday the next week so we had from friday to friday and we made like 15 songs and okay. i and i chose and we turned it into a project and that and like um yeah and basically we just kept the grind alive like we didn't let the distance of being in college and shit really slow us down and then um okay. so then after that first semester russ transferred to a school that was like next door to me okay so you're just close yeah we, so basically like he transferred to the kennesaw state university which is like right 10 minutes from where we grew up type shit so I was already living at home, just driving down to the city to go to college anyway. So it was basically like, okay, perfect. Wrestlers back at home. I live at home. Nothing's changed. We just have way more free time now. We're not in school from nine to fucking yeah. four. Yeah, I feel that. So, so it's like you said you graduated and he dropped out, right? Yeah. Okay, that's what's up. So when it comes to um, like going through college, was there because like uh, the question was like, what, did he drop out just because like he's wanted to kind of transition and focus, or like what was his reasoning for dropping out? Yeah, just so he could focus because it, it it was getting in his way. Like he couldn't make beats in class like a beat idea will come to him and you can't pull out your laptop and start yeah. like you know even for me it's like something comes to my head i can write it down but him as a producer like as a producer first yeah. he would get a melody or a beat and there's no way to like start on this he'd have to literally shut his laptop and leave the class oh okay so after a while, after a while you miss x amount of classes you're just wasting money at this yeah, point. yeah for sure for sure that's crazy. Well so when it comes to how you guys are currently flowing now and like how you guys when it comes to like the first um, just having an actual, uh, what's it called? Like a concert, having people come. Was that something that took time or when did that kind of start happening? Oh, yeah. It took a lot of time, bro. We've done so many shows with nobody in the crowd. <laughs> we've done, we've done over 25 performances with a total of Damn. maybe 30 people each time. That's like we, we, we did one show. We were so gassed. We in Atlanta in 2012, we pulled up to the show. We rented a limo. Like we were just 19, feeling <laughs> ourselves. We rented a limo. We get to our own show that we're headlining, and there is seven people in attendance. Okay, okay, yeah, bro. We, we, we pull up like rock stars, like in a limo, just <laughs> this, is about sold, this is about to be sold out. We get there, bro. There's six people in the crowd. Damn. So was that like local homies or like what, what yeah, do for y'all's like mentality was, and everything? It, it was literally like. People who were fans on Facebook and like three friends we knew and four. Mm -hmm. That was the whole show. <laughs> it was literally like 
That's crazy though. Like, I feel like that's like, it's dope interviewing me, man. Cause like, I feel like a lot of people don't get to see that sort of stuff, you know, especially with social media nowadays and like coming from you and like the concert, like having seven people, like, was that at all? Like, I'm sure like discouraging, but what was like, was it just kind of like a, a mental focus of like, keep on doing it, keep on doing it until it works? Or like, was there any like, damn, like this is like, how, like not good. Or what was like the whole entire process of going through those first 25 shows? I mean, um, we weren't even tripping on the, like, obviously, like, sometimes we look right before you go on, you peek through the curtain, you see that there's not that many people there, and you have a slight half second of disappointment, like, fuck. But it leaves you instantly because you still got to go out there and represent. You still got to go out there and give a great show because you could still turn six. I mean, we used to perform, like, we used to perform in front of six people like we were at the garden. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. giving it our all, yeah, yeah. energy, wailing on the mic, you know, just yeah. ripping. And there's seven people in the audience, but sure. we, but like, yeah, so you, you're disappointed for like a half second, but it was never like the, the audience would never see that I'm slightly disappointed in the turnout. That's dope. Yeah. So when it comes to like that period that. of time, so now like the sold out shows and you and him like going on tour and stuff, like what, when would, when did that happen? Like what was like, was it a huge just kind of transition or like when did everything really start picking up to where you guys are today? Well, so like Howard Russ was putting out a song a week in 2015. Um, all that momentum, like we put out a song a week all 2015 and then 2016 in the summer or happened. And that was because some of the songs like losing control and what they want had popped off and they'd gotten enough traction globally and I'm um, digitally and they had built a demand globally. So yeah. it was, like, you know, we could go, we could book shows in Europe. We could That's book crazy. even the first Europe show we did in Glasgow, only like 60 people came. It wasn't that crazy. But then a year later, uh, we had 2000 people come, you know what I mean? So like, cause Russ had become a star then, but like the first time we went to Europe and, and did, uh, Glasgow, it wasn't as, it wasn't like a super sold out show. We had like a 150 person venue and only like half of it was full. Okay. But, okay. Then, but then, but then there were certain cities on that tour. That was like a nine show tour. And there was certain cities like Ant uh, Belgium that had 1100 people come out. That was because in 2014 we got booked in, uh, we got booked in Paris and Belgium before. And the Paris show we did, maybe like 50, 60 kids came. Okay. And the Belgian show we did, about two, 300 kids came. So the second time we came back to Belgium, there was 1,100 people there, and it was crazy. That is crazy, man. That's, so when it comes to now, like, what you guys are both doing, like, are you guys currently, like, when do you see each other? Is it, like, still you see each other all the time? Or, like, what's, like, the relationship between you guys now coming from eighth grade to growing, getting the, the record label to now, like, how you guys, like, what's that kind of standpoint on both of you? Because I know you guys are both killing it. Yeah, I mean, if we're not on the road, I see Russ basically every day or every other day. Like, cause the studio where we make all our music is my house. Okay. So we, yeah, we, we, we still work every single day. Like, I saw Russ not yesterday, the day before. Okay. That's dope. So that, that's, we, that is crazy, man. It's, it's the same thing, bro. Like, we grew up together. So nothing's really changed. Like, yeah, Russ, we, we, we see each other literally every, once, if we're not out in the world, like doing shows out of town, if we're in Atlanta in a seven day week, I'll probably Russell come over four out of seven days. That's dope. So it's like, still like, like you said, like nothing's changed, but it has. But when it comes to like the mentality of like how you guys met in seventh grade, did you still have that same flow just from like relationship standpoint? Yeah, hundred percent. Like we're, yeah. we're still doing the same long ass studio sessions from yeah, yeah. nine at night till 7 a.m four times a week. We, it's the same regimen. Like if, if, if it's not broken, don't fix it. We, we oh, just yeah. keep shit the same. That is clean, bro. So when it comes to, I was like asking people, cause I know regarding the music industry in general, like 
it's not just like the music. It's like the mentality wise of like putting out, putting out consistent, consistent through like the hardships and shit. And I have a lot of like a ton of young entrepreneurs as well as other people that are in different industries. Like, what would you say when it comes to an advice standpoint of like giving people a tip or something that has kind of kept you going through everything? Like, what's that one thing that you think has always stuck with you? I mean, I would say just keep going, keep on creating it. Cause at the same time, a lot of times when you first start, it's natural to like want to be seen and want to be known and want to be heard and want to be loved and coveted like your favorite artist. But a lot of times your artistry is not ready for that shit yet. Okay. You're not even good enough. Most of the time you're just not good enough. Like we thought we were ready when we were 18, but we, the reality is that we weren't. Okay. But, but you have to believe in yourself and, and you have to think you're ready and but I, what I would tell any artist is to just keep on recording, keep on making shit and just stay focused on and and don't be in it for if you're in it for the money and you're in it for the attention, then that's a wrong reason to be in it. If you're in it because you love making songs and you love and you're chasing greatness and like you're chasing just making the most dope song possible. Like in my mind, I'm trying to I'm trying to like top Jesus Walks by Kanye West. I'm trying to like. I'm trying to make this. I'm just trying to like create sonic dopeness. Yeah, and, for sure. And um, that's like a task in itself. And it takes a while to be good enough. It takes a while to like get used to using your own voice. Your voice is an instrument. So it takes a while to like, unless you're like a natural singer or a vocalist, it takes a while to like learn your pocket on the, on the web beats work for you. What style, like, you know, de developing your style, developing your tone, developing your brand, just developing yourself before you present yourself to the whole fucking world. It's a process sure. because a first impression lasts a lifetime. 100%, man, 100%. So in regards to that, I have a few more questions before we end this, man. But when it comes to just the current mentality you guys are in, especially with like artists listening or people that wanted to create music, would you say there's like one platform that you would like, if you had to start again, that you'd focus on now with the social world or coming from your standpoint, like what would be, the main focus to someone listening that wants to put out music. What's like, what's that number one thing you think? I would say YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud. Okay. Dope. Dope. Cause I know I like, say, go ahead. Yeah. I would say Spotify. Like if you, I mean, YouTube, YouTube is the biggest website and the most visited website in the world. If, sure. if you, if you, if you take time, if any, if any artist takes time to do a little research, go look up YouTube's facts. It's the biggest and most, it's like the third most visited website in the world or something like that. And it's the biggest video platform in the world. Yep. And, uh, there's so many people on YouTube. So if I was an artist, I would put my music. I mean, I am an artist, but if I was giving advice to an artist, I would say YouTube, man, put your music on YouTube, put your videos on YouTube sure. and you can, I mean, look at all these kids like Jake Paul and yeah. all these kids, like these kids are YouTube stars because if, oh, yeah. if you're on YouTube, you're global. Oh, yeah, like, for sure. You have a record deal when you're on YouTube. YouTube is a record deal. That's oh, a worldwide yeah. distribution for free. Definitely. I actually, one of my good buddies, um, Zay Hilfiger, he made a song like Juju on that beat or whatever. He was telling yeah. me, um, like, it hit, like, it recently hit like 300 million plays on YouTube or whatever. And like, he was telling me, cause we linked up in LA and it was just like, when it comes to that song for him, like, he was literally like DMing people all the time. Like, like you guys, when it comes to like sending out CDs, he was doing the same thing, yeah. but like Instagram DM now, cause it's like a different generation, you know? So I would say it definitely right. comes down to just like utilizing the platforms, which is like, when you guys were first coming up, the CDs, handed stuff, word of mouth, I feel like for Zay, I, I just kind of brought up that because like the, the same type of correlation of like putting it out there, doing the work internally to actually make it like explode. I feel like that's like, that kind of correlates to the, each platform for sure. No, 100%, 100%. Like now I wouldn't be, if I, if, if I was starting from ground one, I mean from step one right now, 
I wouldn't do CDs because nobody even um, oh, yeah. <laughs> laptops don't even come with CDs anymore. <laughs> For sure. And no one really everyone's Oxcord now, so I, I would definitely uh, be doing more so what he was doing, and that's what I was doing at the beginning too. I was I was the annoying Facebook friend. <laughs> Remember Facebook chat? I'm the annoying kid yeah. on Facebook who pops up. Hey, listen to my song. Uh-huh. Like I was just spamming. I, I see, oh, I got 98 friends online. Well, 98 friends are about to get this song link. Okay. I, I was just like hitting up, like, "Yo, what's up? Check out my song." Okay, that's what that's what's up. Spamming people, bro. Spamming. I was going on people's. I was annoying as shit. I was going on people's. I was going on people's Facebook walls and just <laughs> slapping my music video on it, like, "Yo, yo, check it out." Yeah. Smack. That's what's up, bro. And I feel like a lot of people take that for granted, though, because, like, even, like, from learning from Gary Vee and people like that, like, that's the hustle, you know? When it comes to nowadays with technology, with everything, like, is getting in front of people. I feel like a lot of people just, like, underestimate the power of that. Like, for me and you, for example, like, I sent you a DM, we connected, and then now we're doing this interview, you know? And I feel like for Gary Vee, like, that's how I've been able to meet a lot of people just from a DM. Like, you brought up Jake Paul or Zay Hilfiger, like, I brought up, like, just every, like, a message to someone nowadays, I feel like is so crucial to whatever thing, you know what I'm saying? Hundred percent, like, the technology is, it's made the whole world a global village. Like everybody is like a second away. Like I get DMs and messages from kids in Europe, kids in Canada, all across America. Um, it's crazy everywhere. And, and, and it's literally like, um, and it's literally just, it's just crazy. Cause before I couldn't see what, like now I could see kids playing my music all over the world. I couldn't yeah. five years ago. For sure. Yeah. I see you post on your story all the time. Like the people like, rocking to your music and I feel like that's a good way for when it comes to like recognition of you for their standpoint as well as in return of like you see the people nowadays when it comes to like the current technology and the state of music industry in a sense like that's huge especially with like the the different types of routes that you have and avenues to like for actually getting it out there you know yeah man technology is literally crazy the whole world's at your fingertips like you could push a button and be talking to somebody in fucking China it's nuts it's like it's crazy Dope, dope. Yeah, man, dude, I, I got one last question. And when it comes to just, I know at the beginning you talked about like high school, when it comes to you as a student, as well as I know that you said like you've studied when it comes to reading books about the industry, when it comes to like your current standpoint of learning about the music industry, as well as like you as a student in college or in high school, like what was that whole journey for you? Like, were you a good student? What was like your mentality towards school? Or like, what was your entire education process like? Well, I, I can just tell you what my mom always says. My mom always says like, once I apply myself, I do well. Like I was, I was the kid who, like, if I'm not interested, I could still get a B minus, okay, and coast. I I could just coast with B's. But if I apply myself, I'm an A student. Okay, but, um, you know, I just didn't. I wasn't super interested. Like put it like this, I didn't really give a fuck about uh, my academics as much as I could have, and I still got into Purdue. If I really, 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 really would have cared about academics, yeah. I honestly believe I could have gotten into like an Ivy League school or some shit, but that just wasn't my main focus. So, okay. um, but I finished high school with like a 81 or 82 average, like, cause at the end of the year, we wouldn't, it's like a cumulative, not, not a cumulative, they gave us a cumulative GPA. I can't remember what mine was, but they gave us like a cumulative, just like your average all through high school. I had like an 81 and 82. And that's from somebody who came to school, maybe fucking, <laughs> I missed at least two weeks of school. I missed at least two, three days of school every month. Okay. So I didn't, I wasn't in love with school. I just didn't like waking up early. Oh, yeah. I hated that. I didn't like uh, the whole like authority figures, all the people at like the resource officers at schools. Yeah. It just wasn't high school. Just wasn't my vibe. And I was already taking AP classes. Like I was taking AP classes since sophomore year. Yeah. So I, 
I, I was already doing college level work in, in high school and I just already felt that high school's all this shit's beyond like behind me. I don't need to be here for eight hours a day. I liked getting suspended and getting ISS because <laughs> I could go do my work. They would hand you your packet in the morning at like nine. I'd have all my shit done before lunch. Okay, and then yeah, I just sure. talk to the teacher from 12 to three till we get out. But I, I hated having to be on other people's schedule, other people's time. I have to sit in this class for 50 minutes when it only takes me 15 to do the work. Yeah. So I was always getting in trouble for like talking and shit and being uh, disruptive in class. And it was mainly because I wasn't challenged. Like the work was easy. Yeah. It's like I always did work. Like I, you know, I was a good student and shit. Because being a good student, it's more so about being diligent and um and about uh, because the way it works is like if if a teacher sees you try, if you're that kid who comes to school every day, you're always in class. If you're that kid who asks questions, you at like you come after school if you need help or whatever. A teacher's not just gonna fucking flunk you. But, yeah. Like they're gonna be like this kid is trying. So. If you just try and you're diligent, you'll make it through high school. For sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> don't get in your way. For sure, for sure. I graduate in June now. It's funny because like I'm taking like four classes this year because like I had the kind of mental change of like I, I'm already getting my advanced diploma or whatever it may be, but I get out of like ten, fifteen, and eleven this year. That shit's slight, but yeah. regards to um, I'm definitely gonna have all the information of where people can follow you, all the links to everything. But for the people listening right now, like, what's the best place to get in touch with you, or if they had a question for you, what's the best place for them to do that? Uh, Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, Bugus at b u g u s. Perfect. Yeah, and then everyone listening, that'll also be in the link in the description. But that being said, Bugus dude, I really appreciate you coming on, dropping your story, letting the people know what's up with what you got going on, man. I, honestly, man, I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, bro. This was dope. Thank you for having me. For sure. And then everyone listening right now, if you have not subscribed to the Rise of the Young podcast, make sure you leave a review. Make sure you drop a rate in, subscribe, share it with a friend. That's the best way that this is going to grow as a community. But that being said, everyone, thanks so much for listening, and I will see you guys on the next episode. Yeah.